Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of the Creative Outlet Podcast. Now, with more microphone and shock mount and a little tiny bit of boom arm in frame, as well as, uh, you know, just uh, accessories. We'll, we'll get to those shortly, and here we are, you know, I, I'm... I'm your host, Brandon Pudwell. I guess I should mention that. That's probably a pretty, pretty important thing. Uh, and how today is January 24th, 2022. Uh, we're going to be getting right into uh, the second semester of my third year of college in less than 24 hours here. So that's exciting. Um, and, you know, we're here once again. I did this sort of episode last year, or, well, I, I use this sort of title, I should say. Uh, we're here to wrap up year number two. So, um, I do want to, I, I have a bit of an, a bit of an extended sort of introduction here. I got a, got a bunch of little things to talk about, uh, and then we're going to get into just a, a few topics here, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. I want to start with a quick production update. I love doing these sorts of things at the starts of these episodes. Uh, of course, the few things that are still missing are the final segments from the last of the Creative Outlet Gaming Birthday Extravaganza series. That will be the Donkey Kong uh, episode. I, I successfully uploaded the introduction but then I made the fatal mistake in September when I was editing and making sure that everything was all up that uh, before it got too close to classes starting that I did not edit the um, the last couple of segments. And I was like, oh, I'm too tired to keep editing more. And then, you know, busy semester sort of stuff happened. Uh, so as you can imagine, those particular segments are on my plate here as segments that need to get uploaded for the folks who prefer that sort of structure for the show. Obviously, I've had a few episodes here where it's just like, it really doesn't make sense to do segments for them, like the N64 and GameCube episode, as well as the Wii and the 3DS episode, and of course, uh, last episode, the reflections on the fall 2021 semester, I was just like, eh, you know, it, it's really just one giant experience. If you don't want to listen to the whole thing, well, uh, guess you're gonna miss out on an episode, uh, because it just, it just didn't make sense to do segments for that. But that's, that's on my plate. I have a couple of videos that I need to edit for, well, actually, it's, at this point, I think it's just one more, uh, for a student organization so you know if i can edit those segments alongside that it'll be great uh but the goal is to get those edited uh, and of course i'm working on i'm literally sitting in front of this microphone already for a good three minutes so this is this is this is for sure probably the next project that's gonna get edited but then you know i mean tomorrow is the first day of classes uh, and then wednesday is the second set of the first day of classes, so you know, got just how college semesters work. So definitely between tomorrow and Wednesday, I I should, unless professors just want to hit the ground rolling already. I feel like I should have a, a little bit of time set aside to just be like plop plop. Like it's got all these videos put together, and just get them get them done. Uh, of course, like I said, there's there's never any promises because the the education and then the inevitable career, hopefully. Uh, comes first, but 
this is this is on the, the, no no worries this is on my my radar i see it in the distance this is something that i i realize i need to work on um uh, i also want to provide uh usually in this sort of segment i don't in the intro i like to do corrections on the last episode i don't really have any any corrections but more so uh, a realization I want to talk about, as well as a uh, maybe, maybe just like a, a a reflection on the way that I said something, and just a a pseudo ish correction. I'm not exactly what sure sure what term off the top of my head I should use to describe it, but uh, let's start with this realization because I talked a lot in episode 18 here about some of the joy I've I've lost in editing, which is. You know, I seem, I seem, I've realized that the production part of a show here, like the Creative Out podcast and, uh, you know, other podcasty shows, that seems to be what I like as far as the production portion is concerned, because it's just like, bam, camera's right in front of me, microphone's right in front of me, we're just going to talk. But that ends up creating a little bit of a, a formulaic sort of editing experience, which I tend to find I dislike as much. Whereas then when it comes to editing, I I seem to like these more intense pieces of media that require the like, okay, we've got to set up the camera here, and then do-do-do-do-do, we're going to move it over here, and then do-do-do-do, we're going to move it over here, and we're going to like record the same shot three times in a row just to make sure, and then we have a few different options in the editing room. I don't know if that's strange. I'm not sure what it says about me production-wise, but it's, it was just a, a realization I made after I was listening to it back. I was like, Huh, you know what? I think I think my problem is just like when it comes to media, I like different types of productions depending on the process. <laughs> like pre-production, I I generally, I don't know, something about pre-production I just find not as exciting. It's it's is it just, I mean, it's fine. I'll I'll do it. I literally have to do it as as far as like making this sort of episode. I can't I can't just entirely spitball and improvise <laughs> off off the top of my head here. But uh, you know, it's it's not my favorite part of the process. And then production, I, I like it when it's simple. I I like it when it's that kind of intense. You know, a lot of like shots, plan, moving around. That's fine. That's cool. But uh, something about this is just like the simplicity is also of recording a podcast is kind of ex of it, not not exciting but like is you know it's enjoyable uh whereas the the those more intensely produced sort of productions i find more enjoyable to edit i don't know it was just something i thought about i was like hmm i might i think i might want to address this on here if it i don't know if that gives any insight in any way as far as what sort of direction i should be going in but it's just it was on it was on my, on my brain brains up here this is this is more like cheekbone that i'm putting out but you know it was, it was on it was on my on on, on my head uh, i also want to make another point on this idea that i talked about in the last episode that i called remembering the amateurs because i do think it is still something that's worth thinking about here and it's it's something that i i hope to take into my future endeavors and, and future interests here um, and one thing that I, I I thought that I talked about that before I listened back to to that portion when I edited it that I thought uh, I mentioned that I'm surprised I didn't when it comes to uh, you know despite the fact that I think people should remember us amateurs um, and even though I think that by and large the 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 audience 
of something like this show is not going to realize certain differences in video, uh, audio, oral, visual, whatever word you want to use for it, any, any sort of work. Like, I don't think people will notice a difference if I use a different camera, but I don't think it's going to be that dramatic, you know, depending on certain aspects. Obviously, let's say I, because right here I'm just using the good old Canon Vixia, the good old camcorder, but if I used a, a fancier camera where I could actually change lenses and I use something silly like a fisheye lens, yeah, people would notice that. But, uh, or, you know, if I, if I put on effect, people are uh, in effect as far as audio is concerned, uh, people are going to notice that. And I, I bring this up because I did talk about this sort of thing beside my experiences with the, the, the Smash Brothers organization. And one thing I want to make clear because apparently I didn't really talk about it much in that episode at all, is, you know, this doesn't necessarily mean that makers should uh, use this as an excuse to make a a lower quality product, right? Uh, you know, people make products of, of various quality, and I just, I don't think that... You know, I, I just don't think that it's an excuse for mediocre work uh, because I tend to 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 think that people that like I, I just fear that what I said could be interpreted as basically being look being like, look, you know, if I, if I don't make a particularly good work, then you should just uh, accept it. It just is what it is because. I don't want to improve on my work here, right? I also have to totally apologize right now for being completely unprofessional uh, because right now I'm realizing it's like 7.55 p.m. when I'm recording this on Monday night and I was specifically requested to fill out this form for a class for tomorrow by 8 p.m. today. So I'm writing in the process of me uh, <laughs> uh, writing this up or, or recording this, I realized, oh, jeez, I need to, <laughs> I need to finish this. I need to fill out this form here. So if I'm getting a little lost in the process, now you know why. Uh, so apologies for the, the slight lack of professionalism in this, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this idea. The point that I'm just trying to make here is that I'm not trying to suggest that that means you know that this idea of remembering the amateurs does not mean that if somebody makes a bad product that you should uh, just accept that, that it is like, you know, you know, if it's just not very good, what, whatever, it's, it's okay. Uh, you should still expect me to make a quality, a quality podcast here, even with my current lack of realization that, oh, I should have done this <laughs> earlier uh, instead of this, uh, trying to fill out this form as I've tried to talk here. Um, but... It's just that at a certain point, I think when it comes to something like equipment, I think you do reach some some diminishing returns where most viewers won't necessarily know the difference. That's all I'm really trying to get across here. Uh, so, and you know, I, I'm I am totally open to arguments too that would suggest that no, Brandon, you know, you're not right on that, and I I can imagine that I am not. 100% right on that. But I, I tend to think for certain things, 
uh, it's totally fine to just like use what you're comfortable with. And that's all I'm really trying to to get across in it, you know. Uh, but that's all I really wanted to say on that. Uh, I think we're about ready. Oh, oh, to move into the year two reflection. Uh, because year two is now complete. Uh, I don't remember. I should pull it up here. I should pull up. What is the exact uh, date in which the first uh, Create About the Podcast video was uh, released? Uh, da, da, da. Let's see. I'm on the good old YouTube studio here. Because, of course, this uh, show, I was able to get it started more so in, in video land than it was in audio land. January 28th. So, uh, you know, I can't technically say year two is complete because it's still like four days away. But, uh, you know, it's very possible that by the time this gets uploaded, it will be January 28th. Or, you know what, just because I think it's fun, I might just decide I'm going to upload this on January 28th just to 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 be thematically uh not like thematically appropriate but like uh you know just just to 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 fulfill the fulfill the tradition I've, I've finished this form now so i can i can maintain complete focus of the show uh, again apologies for that and also apologies now that i'm hearing some people talking and playing in the distance i am in community living as as much as so I, I, that, that that's just going to inevitably result in some uh background noise much to my frustration but if you'll recall back to episode number seven, that was wrapping up year one. Um, my goal in the first year was to record ten episodes, and that did not happen. I was able to get to obviously seven, since that was wrapping up year one. This this is my cutoff. The wrapping up episodes are what I consider the cutoff for like this is year two, ending now. Um, so. Of course, what did that mean for year two? Well, my goal once more was to record 10 episodes between then and now, and lo and behold, I did that, and then some. I'm, I'm pretty pleased with myself, and granted, uh, I have to give a lot of a lot of the credit to uh, the Creative Outlet Gaming Birthday Extravaganza series, uh, since there were, there were seven episodes planned for that. Uh, but, you know, even... With that long hiatus in early 2021, going through the spring semester, I have to say I'm I'm pretty proud with uh, what what I was able to make. So you know that means uh, for as far as full real, I hate using the term real for anything, but you know the the main episodes, including this one, I was able to produce 12 episodes in a year uh, plus. There were actually a couple of mid-semester creative outlet bonuses that were produced uh, last fall. So really, they were over an hour long, too. I think that's important. So really, I think you could say I produced 14 episodes uh, between uh, in all of 2021. So I have to say I'm pretty proud of myself, right? Um, and obviously, I, I, at this point, it being the end of January, and just now getting to this, I can't necessarily say that 
I know what's in store for 2022 yet, especially regarding episode quantity. And as I've mentioned many times, I, I, you know, I don't have a bank of episodes for this spring semester like I did last time. So right now I'm basically relying on more things like a good old fashioned Nintendo Direct to just release over the course of the semester to justify taking time out of my classwork and, and, and whatever other preparations I have going on to justify doing some recording. Uh, but look, since I, it, since I broke my original goal of 10 episodes, I think it's only fair to say that the goal for year three is to do the same as year two, if not top it. Go in that like 12, 13, 14 or so episodes over the course of the year. Uh, now, hopefully trying to do 13 episodes means that year three is not an unlucky year. Uh, but I guess we'll just have, just, just have to see what happens there. Um, I want to talk about some of these technological goals for the year. Some of these, these fine equipment-ish goals I have in front of me. I already mentioned in episode 18 that I got some of this fine equipment in front of me for, for Christmas to improve this show. Uh, I have, of course, the the boom arm that can get the microphone extra close or further away, uh, but I'm just going to stop adjusting it now because it's going to keep changing the volume level and I don't need that. Uh, but you know, I have this nice boom arm instead of the silly little blue Yeti stand. Uh, I have this this fine shock mount to go with it as well, and then I mentioned that I got the the pop filter here to 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 go in front of the mic as a Christmas present. And you know, I just decided since it's cheap and e a pretty useful accessory, I may as well put a windscreen on there. I bought that uh, last week. I didn't have that in episode eighteen, but I was just like, you know what? I, let's get that now. Uh, but as far as 2022 is concerned, I really only have one major technological goal at the moment because most, most of the audio stuff that I would need, that's, that's taken care of. Now. I, I got the mic, I got the pop filter, I got the shock, I got the, I got the arm. But the, the thing that would, that needs some improving, I mean, I did some technological stuff. I don't, was it 2021 that I got this? camcorder that I'm staring into right now? I, I don't recall exactly. I want to say it was, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not certain to be completely honest. I'm pretty sure it was. So, you know, at least one major video side technological improvement. Uh, but really that's what I, that's what I want to do this, this year is I want to do, I want to get one more piece of equipment that's a major video Im improvement uh and in that case that's a capture card even if it's like something cheap whether it's just a used sort of elgato or some other like older capture card as long as it can you know capture hd game video i think that would be nice uh if any if anything because i think it'll just resolve some of those like those little editing annoyances i talked about in the last episode uh, and yeah, those, those console retrospective episodes particularly come to mind when it comes to this, because when it came time to get B-roll for like, you know, the SNES episode, right? Uh, I had to more or less just like keep 
tapping that capture button on that left Joy-Con to get as like you know get this like oh here's some you're getting all this Super Mario World footage. <laughs> I need to keep hitting the button in, you know every thirty seconds to get some interesting stuff here. When it's just like man, it would be a lot simpler to just hook the console up to a capture card and get my Super Nintendo game footage through SNES Online that way. You know, instead of, and then I could just plop, like, let, we're in this section here where I'm talking about Super Mario World. It's the retrospective on that. Well, I now I have this giant piece of footage of Super Mario World. It won't necessarily have, like, relevant footage over that whole section, but it's a lot easier to plop in one piece when we're just talking about, okay, Super Mario World, we should have B-roll of Super Mario World just in general. You can put that in there instead of combing through a bunch of, of 30-second snippets. Or, you know, let's say we're talking about something like when I did the reviews, like the review of Clubhouse Games or the, re the review of Animal Crossing. You know, in that case, then, of course, it makes sense to be a little bit more intentional. If I do the review first, talk about the stuff, then I can think about, okay, I need to hear, like, the major things that I want to make sure I get footage of, things that are, like, annoying, things that I like, games that I'm talking about, and say Clubhouse Games, and then I can be a little bit more intentional with the footage I put in, which... That could resolve the problem of, like, wanting that slightly more intense editing process in the sense that I want, oh, I have to think about, I need this particular piece of footage to go here because I'm talking about this. Uh, and, 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 you know, but instead it'll have been taken and recorded in hopefully a larger clip rather than in 30-second increments that are randomly... Um, you know, just not, they're not even really properly labeled because of the way the console labels its footage. Uh, so, you know, that, that's my goal for this year, technology wise, is just let's get some kind of capture card. Uh, I already talked about my episode goal. We're looking, I want to do the same number that I did last year. That's obviously up for, we'll just kind of have to see what happens depending on the start of this, the, the way this semester goes and then the inevitable, like, Oh man, I need to like get a job, like a real job. At the very least, some kind of, you know, just some sort of foot in the door, even if it's an, an internship of one uh, of some kind. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, the 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 last uh, couple of of uh, things, I have two two other things I want to talk about here uh, in this intro before I do like a little bit of like quick news and then maybe uh, the and of course the topic rundown and the 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 little like productiony thing that I want to talk about. You may, you probably already heard in episode eighteen uh, that I decided you know what it's, I think it's time. It's been two years. I think we can switch out the intro and the outro song for something new. Uh, it's been a little bit of time, so I hope you folks enjoy this new song for the COP. Uh, some people who have been especially close with me over the years will know from the title that in some ways it was especially apt to pick this particular song. Uh, but if I'm going to be honest, I really didn't want to pick it because of the title. Uh, but I, ju I just thought it was too good of an intro song. So for the foreseeable future, at least, episodes are going to start with this new uh, song from John Bartman. He does uh, not necessarily public domain works, but he's really, really flexible with the, the creative out creative outlet, <laughs> creative commons sorts of works, I mean to say, where it's mostly just attribution is necessary, especially for, for you know, free 
project like this for the most part. So uh, keep enjoying his song for the intro of Fatherly Funkitude. I had a different, I, there's a different song of his that I, I use for the, the other show that I do uh, for the student organization, the same one that I actually need to edit this last video for them for. Uh, that he made called Tupac Lives. It's 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 kind of like a hip hoppy sort of tune. But I thought, no, since I'm already using it for this, I can't use it for my show. There's, I mean, there's no rule saying I can't, but I just feel like it'd be kind of silly to use the same song for both. But you know, maybe eventually I get far enough removed from that, and I'll be like, all right, I think I think I can include it here because I mean, honestly, for a little fifty second song, it is like super catchy, and I just I can't. Can't get it out of my head, but I do enjoy uh, this song here uh, that we're using for the foreseeable future. And then the last thing I want to address as far as, like, the COP is concerned is, you know, I, you know, even even with all the issues we've encountered along the way, all the, like, oh my goodness, it's the start of 2021 and I haven't recorded a bunch of stuff yet. Uh, if there's one thing that I feel like I cannot stress enough... And despite the complaints that I had last time about, like, editing and the long droughts because of school, like, everything, I just want to make it abundantly clear that I, I, I am genuinely thinking about this show all the time. You know, it, I would really like to just have the ability to sit down and just do this whenever I want, but homework has to come first because that gets me a grade, which will hopefully assist me in, in, in future job prospects, so... You know, if honestly, if it were easy enough to pull off this sort of show, like every day with the appropriate topics while still working on school, kind of something like um, the folks at, at Good Vibes Gaming doing today's news tonight, just a stream like that. Like, I, I mean, I'd do that because every day I'm, I'm already reading the game news or, or whatever news is out because i think about when i read that like well, how would i present this on the show i wouldn't say i think about it in that exact sort of terms like hmm this is interesting i wonder how i would talk about this and a little uh creative out podcast but i i do think about like oh this is interesting here are thoughts i have on it and it's it just kind of comes out in my head the way that i would intend on saying it on here so you know that's 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 kind of the 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 gist of what I wanted to say here as far as like the show is concerned. I want to talk about lastly a couple of of quick newsy things here. Uh, first, I want to do an update on something I talked about in a creative outlet bonus here, uh, the one on the Nintendo Direct, and that is oh my goodness, Kirby in the Forgotten Land is continuing to look so good. I'm so like it, it's. I don't think it's going to be my game of the year for 2022. I have, I have another one that's in mind that should be coming out this spring. That's probably going to be it. But I think Kirby here is going to be in the running. Uh, but it just, oh, it, it looks so good. Uh, we we have the, the release date now locked down. It's going to be March 25th, 2022 uh, for this first here 3D Kirby game. And, oh. It's it's just looking good. I can't wait to play it. That, that that this is one that I am I am I'm very excited for. Uh, the just again the the mere idea of a 3D Kirby game. I mean, because that's the thing. I don't I wouldn't say I wouldn't call Kirby my favorite series, but it's definitely like sort of a sleeper series. I feel like for a lot of people now, where it's just like you know when a good Kirby game comes out, it it, it hits really strongly. So I'm just I'm really uh, I'm intrigued. I can't wait to play it. 
Um, and of course, I would be remiss considering the day and the recent events to not talk about the Activision Blizzard uh, buyout from Microsoft. Uh, so this happened. What are we looking at? January eighteenth. So this is six days ago. So you know, uh, you're getting your you're getting your lukewarm take from me, not your your hot take uh, about this. So uh, Microsoft, you know, famous for the Xbox brands of consoles, and of course Microsoft Windows has purchased Activision, which means they also get Blizzard, which also means they also get King. Uh, they're the, the Candy Crush people. So, who boy, this, this is very interesting. Uh, and, you know, I've seen, I've seen a couple of different takes on it, but the first thing that I thought about when I saw this is, uh, you know, Microsoft got, has to start getting a little, a little careful here. And it was really interesting too, because one of the things that I thought about, like, it was in my head recently, like, not very long before I, uh, read this news and my opinion sort of shifted back in the other direction again. But I mean, it's it's still, I still am more leaning in what I'm about to say here. Uh, but I had recently been thinking about this year, because I, I always said that the, if I was to get a second console, because I, I, I've always, I've always been the, the Nintendo kid. The second one I would probably get would be whatever the PlayStation is at the time. And part of that is just because, and I think I talked about this and when I was planning the, Creative Outlook Gaming birthday extravaganza and made the mess up in saying that the PlayStation 2 was released in 2001 when it was released in 2000, so I couldn't do it because, you know, we only celebrate things that end in fives and zeros. Uh, you know, I just, I have that attachment to the PlayStation. I was like, you know, I'd probably go with that. I'm, I'm just, I'm used to that a little bit more. And then I real I was thinking about it, and I was looking at, especially when the last set of um, backwards compatible titles were announced for the Xbox One and the Series X. Honestly, right now, if I were to get a second console, I'd be more leaning towards a Series X rather than a PlayStation Five. And it's genuinely because of all that backwards compatibility. The fact that I could play the best like console version of um, Sonic. Uh, which one is it? Sonic Unleashed. Uh, to me, that is a huge, huge, huge boon. I just, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot imagine uh, how how fun it would be. Because the problem that uh, Sonic Unleashed, in particular, always had was that it, it, um, oh my goodness, why can I think? It, it never ran really well on consoles. That's why people had always wanted a, a PC version of the game, and it just it never really happened. <laughs> so I, I would, I'm just very interested in seeing, uh, especially now this FPS boost that Sonic Unleashed in particular has, as does Sonic Generations and Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed on the Xbox Series X. I'd be very interested in in trying those out on on the Series X. Uh, that I mean, if only just for Sonic, but I know there are other other sorts of series that would be really fun to to try out on the good old uh, Series X here. Even you know, I don't need another. Oh, like 
Rocket Knight. I didn't know that was on there. I, I have the PC demo of that, but I, that was one that I'd be interested in trying out. I'm just, I have the list here pulled up of a bunch of different sorts of games. I don't, I don't know everything that I would want to pick up on the Series X, but just, you know, certain games that I missed out in the eighth generation that looked kind of fun or, you know, ones in the seventh generation, even the sixth generation uh, as well that I think would be interesting to play that I got, that I missed out on. Uh, I think at this point it will be more fun to try it out on the the Series X rather than on the, well, on their original consoles. But that's the long and short of that uh, little tangent there. But now that Microsoft has bought Activision and Blizzard, I feel a little bit different. Not necessarily because I'm just like, but, you know, I love Activision and Blizzard being like their own entities. Really, the problem that, the, 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 the honest to goodness, the first thought that I had when I read this news was, oh geez, Microsoft's got to start treading carefully now if they, because otherwise we're going to start getting the FTC uh, involved, the Federal Trade Commission, for those of you who are not in the United States or just don't you know, know that acronym off the top of your head and what that means. Uh, if they're not careful, they're going to start getting like, you guys are buying up a lot of these here, like major third-party studios. I, I mean, you know, there are a lot of major third-party studios left out there. But it's just, it feels like if Microsoft buys up one more that they're going to be, like, making things a little little challenging in the game industry here. They're buying, you know, they're trying to make a little little Xbox monopoly here. And, you know, I, I listened to Pat Nian's perspective on this on the CU podcast. And then there was a video, I haven't watched the Rational National, that's David Dole's video on it yet. I really should. Uh, of course, I... I I've listened to the, it was an interview segment actually, on breaking points about it. Uh, and I mean, so they have, they basically have, I wouldn't say they have the opposite opinions on it. Obviously, Pat and Ian are more, they know the game industry more than <laughs> these political commentators do necessarily. Although I, you know, David Dole, he is, he's a sort of, I wouldn't say he's like a shadow sort of gamer sort of person, but you know, he, he, he likes and he knows his video games, which is why I want, I really should watch his video on it too. Um, but I, I, I like to say I'm kind of in the middle between them. Uh, Pat and Ian just seem to think like, you know, I mean, Microsoft, they just realize how important, uh, the value of the software is. So they're just, they're trying to make as much money as possible off of software. Like they're never, you know, they're not going to make Call of Duty, one of the largest game franchises in the world or World of Warcraft or, or Overwatch 2 exclusive to the Xbox because they realize that the amount of money that they would make off of sold consoles is far less than what they would make off of just having copies on the PS5. And I mean, that's probably right. I want I want to say they're probably right on it, but I don't know. Uh, I look at some of the more, like, I guess a little bit more niche sorts of series that uh, these, these two companies have. And that's where I get a little... A little more like questionable, uh, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that. <laughs> I would like to think that Pat and Ian are right, but I just I don't know. And I I, I just kind of have to see have to see what happens with this. 
but I'm 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 not I don't know if I'm quite as like pessimistic as someone as the you know the the, the more like straight up political commentators would be about this. I just I have to see what happens. Anyway, so that was a very long and extended intro. We're looking at 35, 36 minutes already. Uh, but, you know, and I, I, in some ways I think that works out because today we only have three topics. What? I know, normally I do four, but this might work out to just run this into the normal two-hour length rather than the two-and-a-half-plus-hour length that this could have been if I had four topics. Uh I just, I didn't want to force anything extra into this, into this episode. I had three that I felt like just, these go pretty well together. Uh, my first topic is going to be a surprise, though obviously I'm, I'm going to go right into that after this, so don't hold your breath on it. Uh, but otherwise, just with the rundown here, uh, after surprise topic that I'm about to jump into, uh, we're going to do the Creative Outlet Podcast 2021 Game of the Year nominees and winner, like I did uh, last year in episode 7 with the 2020 uh, Game of the Year nominees and winner segment, uh, as well as the overall larger picture 2021 uh, wrap-up, uh, just to give a little more... Well, actually, I don't know. I'll, I'll save that for for the segment itself. But my, our little surprise segment here, you can just... I don't sound it now, but you can add me as plus one for the good old COVID-19. So this happened on... Well, let's let's let's... Go back here. Obviously, what I'm trying to say is I had the virus like so many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Americans and just people in the world. Uh, what am I saying? Well, there's 330. Well, actually, that's probably going up because of the census. But, you know, there's over 330 million Americans. So I guess it's possible that millions have had it. But I am just another member of that crowd now. I, uh, I was having my good old winter break here. Came back on December, what was it? Oh, probably December 19th. Yeah, December 19th, that makes sense because the uh, the 18th, there was there was this showcase of a bunch of the videos made by the, the Com Arts folks. Of course, I was in one of the classes. My video is not one of the ones featured, and it was kind of a mystery about which videos would end up getting featured. I'm not saying that because I'm upset about it. I'm saying that because I just would have liked to have known, like, a, you know, the thought process that went into choosing the videos, but I digress. Uh, anyway, so, you know, I go through, and the first week when I get home, this is something that I notice with every break from school in my first year. You know, aside from the impromptu return after spring break, uh, but the... The, the Thanksgiving break of 2019 and then winter break going from the fall 2019 to the spring 2020 semester. Without fail, my sister gets sick. Same exact thing happens this break, but it's like right around Christmas. Um, I mean, this doesn't necessarily tie into it, but this is just a bad omen. So she gets COVID-19. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, so basically what that meant was for the next, like, week and a half, you know, the 10 days that we're, that we're, the quarantine is supposed to be now, we all kind of had to be holed up, or just until we started feeling sick. And so I was hoping that after that, it's like, okay, we got through that, you know, I had someone immediately around me 
who was sick and, you know, they were quarantined and we did like literally had to wear the masks at home just to interact in the house. Uh, I thought I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe I mean, obviously I didn't get sick, but hopefully that's just like, if I can get through that, maybe that just means I'll keep going. Nope, 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 nope. So a week later, we're getting into like the start of January, second, third, you know, it's just a normal week. I'm feeling good and feeling great. And then Sunday, January 9th rolls around and suddenly I feel sick. Now, regardless of what was going to happen from that point, I had no idea what it is I could have had at that moment. But it really didn't matter for me because I don't know how much I've talked about this on here. I would uh, hope I did when I first addressed COVID-19 on this show, but I hate being sick. Uh, you know, when I'm sick, the only thing that's going on in my head, the only thing I'm thinking about is how miserable the experience of being sick is. Because when I'm sick, I, I mean, I guess it really depends, but uh, on the particular strain of whatever is afflicting me at the time, but it's like, I feel like usually when I get sick, I get like really sick. Or at least I just get really miserable, probably because again, all that's going through my head is, I hate being sick. I hate being sick. This sucks. It's the worst. I hate blowing my nose all the time. I hate coughing. Like, it's just, it is a horrible experience. So already, when I'm starting to feel like the slightest bit bad on January 9th, I'm like, ah, ah, annoyed. And then January 10th rolls around, and it's like, oh, I'm feeling a little worse. And then Tuesday, January 11th rolls around, and I'm feeling awful, <laughs> horrible. So, and keep in mind, I'm also, like, working during this whole thing, too. I'm, I'm, I'm making, like, some of that nice, that nice chunks of money. So I don't really don't want to have to take any days off of work here, but I already had Tuesday and that Wednesday uh, off. It's, and Wednesday was especially important because on Wednesday I was going to be going to a job shadow in uh, in Milwaukee uh, with this company PodCamp Media. This is actually something that I learned here uh, while I was at college that they just had this job shadow thing planned for for winter break. Now, fortunately, the guy, the 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 owner of the business, was basically like, eh, you know, with this whole like Omicron, not Omicron Percy I eight. Uh, for you Futurama folks, but I'm sure you've heard that joke many, many times already. Uh, not that, but this Omicron variant, he's like, yeah, maybe, why don't we just push that back until, like, guys, it's spring break to come down here. Does that sound good? And everyone was essentially like, yeah, you know, that's, that's fine. So now I'll be going, doing that in spring break. Uh, not to go into, a, like, a huge tangent into that, but I that, to me, sounds like a great op job opportunity. I would love to, to join their business. And if I do, I'm, I'm sure I'll talk about it on here, uh, or definitely my experiences doing it since, you know, I, what, what am I doing right now? I'm podcasting. Uh, so it, it'll definitely get brought up, but you know, the point is obviously that didn't end up happening that day anyway, but instead what happened for sure was it's like, Oh, now I have to go get tested. And obviously, so what I thought going into that experience is I thought like this is going to be like I, I genuinely heard someone describe it as it's like I feel like because they just put this like swab up your nose. I thought it'd be like they're genuinely reaching up into my brain here. But they, it was more like they just kind of like waved it around in my little in my little nostrils. And that just was what it was. And then 12 hours later, I got my result and it turned out I was positive. And I was like, no, but, you know, I guess. I was just proud that I was able to get about a year, almost 
two years into this sort of whole pandemic without getting the disease. And anyway, then the thing about Wednesday, too, I should also mention is I was feeling a little bit better. Not like a lot of it better, but like a little bit. And then Thursday rolls around and I'm like, I'm feeling great. Uh, now, at this point, <laughs> my, uh, my my work folks are like, yeah, maybe we'll still give it a couple days yet. We'll, ju- we'll just play it by ear. So I was able to come back finally on Saturday. But it's just like from Thursday on, I wouldn't say I was feeling normal, but I was feeling a lot better. And then this past week here leading up to now, like now I feel totally normal. But this past week was definitely the, the uh, it's what I call the micro frog sort of stage when... Uh, but like at, after you have a cold and when I say micro frog, the frog that I'm referring to is that idea of like a frog in your throat where it's just like, I, I just, I'm in, I need to get out whatever the, the, the last sort of stuff that's, that's inside of here before I start sounding totally normal. And fortunately that, that happened here. I, I was afraid that I would continue to, to, to feel bad or that I would continue to have this before I recorded this, but it worked out now where I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, so, uh, the, the, that, that kind of describes my experiences in a nutshell, in a very short sort of nutshell, but it's basically just like, I felt like I had a terrible cold, but I was only sick, like really feeling bad for like two days. And then otherwise I was starting to feel pretty good. And I would largely chalk that up to the fact that, you know, I had this nice, like, shot in my arm. Yeah, I'm sorry if there's anybody in this audience, what little there may be at this point, uh, that is an audience already that is like super duper anti-vaccine, particularly for COVID-19. But, uh, you know, the darn things work. Uh, I mean, the evidence I feel like is pretty darn overwhelming on that, um, that they're really effective at doing what they need to do. And I would think that, you know, because... You have to remember, like, terrible seasonal allergies, which already cause problems, asthma, all that sorts of stuff. Uh, and, but granted, of course, I'm young. I am 21. I, I would just, I would think that even if I didn't feel like, you know, even if I wasn't, like, deathly ill, I would feel, I would have felt a decent bit worse for a little bit longer had it not been for that. So, you know... The, the moral of this story here is being sick is the worst. Please, please, please get a vaccine if you haven't gotten one yet. Uh, I would I would highly recommend it, even not as a doctor. I, I you know I, I would still think that it's something that you should probably do. Uh, again, not your healthcare provider, but I, I think it's a pretty good suggestion here. Uh, but you know. I, I just, I went through it. It was what it was. I'm pretty sure because then the following week, of course, my mother was sick with COVID-19, probably from me. So, you know, I, I've already apologized to her profusely for that, but it is what it is now. I I just, you know, it, life, I guess, goes on, but I'm I'm glad in some ways that I've it's almost I guess a rite of passage for someone now in the 2020s at this point to sort of get the virus um and I already had it uh, at this point you know we are 15 days out from me having had it so 
I would think things from now on are going to be normal at this point for the most part. Of course, it's perfectly possible to continue to, you know, to get it again. Uh, but it's just like, I knew it, I knew this would have to come at some point, I, but I'm just, I'm just sad in some ways that it already happened because I hate being sick, but it is what it is. So, uh, that was, that was really just sort of, not really an impromptu sort of topic, but just something that's just like, oh, you know, I didn't originally plan on having this as a topic at all ever, but, uh, you know, here it is. Yeah, it just kind of showed up. Uh, the two topics, I, I remember talking in episode 18, like I had three topics planned, but I cannot for the life of me remember what the original third topic was, because if I could remember it, then we would have had four topics for this episode. Uh, I only really have the other two uh, remaining here to, to, to go in. Uh, but I do. I think that there are a couple of interesting ones. So let's talk about good old game of the year, two thousand twenty twenty one. So if you'll remember from episode seven when I covered this for two thousand and twenty, I don't do game of the year the traditional way. Uh, instead, I have three categories for uh, game of the year in the sort of discussion. I have the the year number release of the year so in this case the 2021 release of the year and then there is my personal game of the year and the reason that i separate those out is for i mean there's a few reasons for one maybe my personal game of a given year is a game that came out like years and years ago right you know maybe it's 2032 and i finally get around to playing a game that released in 2028 assuming this is the future and that game that came out in 2028 that I had never tried until that point was just so brilliant that I was like I have to make this my my game of the year even though it didn't come out in 2021 or excuse me 2032 in this hypothetical example here uh, the same another reason I like to separate this out is because I think you know there are some games that will release in 2000 and, or in a given year that I just don't think makes sense to have as a game of the year. So, uh, you know, maybe there's a compilation that comes out and I'm just like, oh my goodness, I love these games so much. They're, it's like my game of the year. It's the one that I played the most. It's the one that I enjoyed the most. But that really doesn't make sense for a game of the year now, does it? Uh, and then in this sort of scenario, actually kind of uh, 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 worked out uh, because in fact, one one thing that I noticed, at least as um, you know, with with these these strict rules, is I kind of set myself up pretty poorly for this year, uh, which is why I'm thanking myself for making this split here, because I want to give credit to the game that specifically was made in this given year, as well as to the game that I enjoyed the most. Um, and since I don't want to include collections or remakes or games that are built largely on old content, that's that's something that I don't think we talk about enough in the game uh, world as we talk about like remakes, remasters, ports, that sort of stuff. But we don't talk about games that are just like, you know, largely based on old content. So it's like a new game, but it's got a lot of old stuff reused in it. Um, but looking back on 2021 for me... It was mostly a year of rehashed content, and you know I don't want to get it twisted here, because uh, there were there were obviously a lot of brand new games that came out in two thousand and twenty one, um, and of course I have a lack of hardware diversity to 
blame on missing out on some of that great brand new stuff. But as far as what I enjoy, there's a lot of, of, of rehashing going on. Um, and in, in fact, uh, you know, that, that made it a lot harder. That made it like really hard to pick a game of the year 2021 when I went through the list when I realized, oh, geez. A lot of what I played, a lot of what I enjoyed were old games. It's like Metopia I talked a lot. Well, I, I, I talked a lot about when it was announced. I didn't talk about it a ton here. I talked about it, of course, in the 3DS episode because that Switch release is a remake of the 3DS game. That can only be a personal game of the year choice. Uh, that can't be a 2021 release of the year because that game originally came out in 2016. I look at uh, a game that came out of nowhere that I, I'm so disappointed that I'm first finally discussing now, but Brig, Brig, Big is the word I'm trying to say here. Big Brain Academy, uh, Brain versus Brain. That is largely based on content from the original DS Big Brain Academy and the Big Brain Academy Wii Degree or Big Brain Academy for Wii, if you're one of uh, uh, the PAL European folks out there listening to this. A lot of the content in Brain vs. Brain is games from Wii Degree, so I can't can't be the 2021 release of the year. Uh, if anything, ironically, a lot of the games that I would probably pick for my 2021 release of the year, had I picked them up, now just end up being backlog MVP uh, choices, which I will get to describing that when we get to backlog MVP here. Uh, in fact, when I when I was putting together the most of this list, I realized that, oh, a lot of these games that I nominated as games that are like, I wish I had played this next, those those they're all like new games. <laughs> uh, except, I mean, one is like kind of based on old stuff, kind of not really. Uh, the, the, the game itself is new because it's, it's a sequel. But I digress. We'll talk about that shortly. But if I, but it, you know, if I really want to follow my rules for the release of 2021... There only really ended up being two games that I played this past year that qualified for that category. And again, I don't want, you know, people to make to like make people think that I think these two that I picked that no, they're you know, they're really not that great of games, but they're only, only new they're only games that are based on like a lot of new stuff that I really enjoyed this year. Uh, because I probably still would have nominated both of these games for my 2021 release of the year. Again, partially because they are new games that came out in 2021 that I enjoyed. Um, but I just, I'm, all I'm really trying to say here is I made this mistake of not playing a lot of new releases for the given year, uh, in this case, 2021. And I, I need to, I need to correct that here in 2022, hopefully. So the two games that I have nominated here are WarioWare Get It Together and the the game that ended up winning it. And I, I'm, I'm a little sad that I picked this, as much as I still like enjoy the game for what it is. And it's Mario Golf Super Rush. But before we, we talk about that, I want to give WarioWare its due. Uh, because, so that, that, that you know, it's, it's not a game that I discuss a ton. I basically talked about it in the three episode. So, you know... Uh, I got three games for Christmas, which has not happened in a long time. Granted, I bought two of them, and it's, again, Big Brain Academy. Um, and the other one I bought was Mario Party Superstars, which that really could have been my personal game of the year if it hadn't been for a certain other game releasing earlier this year. If you know me at all, I think it's pretty obvious what my personal game of the year for 2021 was. But we'll get to that shortly. 
It was not Mario Party Superstars, but that would have been a really good choice. I would have really loved to pick it. Except it's largely based on old content. But I digress. I want to give WarioWare here its due. Because that was the third game. That was the only one that I actually bought for me for Christmas as like an actual gift. Uh, that I didn't just buy with like money that I received for Christmas. And, you know, I think Get It Together is an interesting game. I don't... It's, it's actually the first WarioWare game I've played. I picked up Gold uh, not too long ago, but I never got to, like, really fully play it because I'm still looking for that darn 3DS wherever it's gone missing to. I know it's around. I know it exists. I just have to find it. I just have to find it. But Get It Together is an interesting game. I enjoy it. Uh, it's essentially WarioWare, like, typical WarioWare microgames but you play as a character within the game. So it changes the way that you approach each given micro game depending on who you have to play as. The only problem I really find with it is it's not really light on content. Like, I feel like, you know, I will get my, f well, the my gift giver's $50 out of it, but it it feels like there is a certain, like, ceiling with it, if that makes sense. Like, it, it's it's a sort of game that it's like, if I'm in the mood for it, I'll play it, but then I'll probably put it away again for a while, which is really sad, uh, because I think it should have that sort of long-term appeal. You know, I beat the story mode in a matter of a couple of days, and that's really the only way that you just get to play a bunch of micro games in a row. Otherwise, when you go to the practice, you just pick one micro game. Or when you go to uh, the other modes, you get like certain setups, and it, again, it's fine, uh, but it, it's just not exactly what I'm looking for. And you know, I mean, that sometimes that just is what it is. It's it, it's it's what you gotta gotta deal with. So, uh, but Mario Golf Super Rush, the 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 other game that I've nominated here, the only really other original game I played this year, uh. I'm trying to remember to the exact sort of verbiage I used in the review I did of the game earlier this year, not earlier this year, but last year, I guess, at this point now. And Mario Golf feels like there was a lot of potential for it, and I'm not sure if it just did not sell as many units as Nintendo had hoped, so they just decided to drop support for the game prematurely, or what exactly it was, but... Um, it just, I, I was kind of hoping that since we knew we'd be getting future updates, like they talked about this at, uh, E3, that, um, it, it would get, like, significant content for a while, and instead the game only really got three updates, with, like, a new course and one or two new characters, and then the second one was, like, two courses and one or two new characters, and the third one was the same exact sort of deal here. And, you know, the problems that Mario Golf Super Rush faced wasn't really that it needed more characters or more courses. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I like that. But um, what it needed was sort of like a refinement of the modes or of the, just the core gameplay, and it never really got that. But that all being said, you know, I enjoy golf games. I really enjoy Mario Golf. Uh, in some ways, I feel like Super Rush is like 
underappreciated because it deviates too much from classic Mario Golf. Um, but in other ways, I also feel like it's kind of appropriately rated for what it's gotten because some things like XC Golf, which I finally beat, like, well, probably a month or two ago at this point, I was just like, I am determined to beat XC Golf, and I finally did it and got to move on to the next world. But it's just like, eh. You know, if you don't care for the adventure mode, you're not going to get, like, a ton of time out of the game necessarily unless you just really like playing golf, which, I mean, you know, it's fortunate that I do enjoy playing golf. But I just, I kind of wish the gameplay itself was more refined and that there was a greater variety of modes, not of characters and courses. But, you know, by and large, it's still Mario Golf. I still have to like it, in a sense, if only because I just, I enjoy Mario Golf itself not really mario golf 64 so much but you know things post that i find are pretty good um but suffice it to say had i played more original games it would have remained a nominee and not the victor i i probably would have picked one of the games well i'm looking at the list of ones that i definitely nominated for backlog mvp here uh I don't think I would have picked one of these necessarily, but I probably would have picked at least something a little bit a little bit different depending on what I played in 2021. But for personal game of the year, like I said, there were a lot of contenders. I could have picked Metopia. That was fantastic. I played a lot of Pikmin 3 Deluxe this year, uh, despite the fact... I don't remember if I ever mentioned that I picked up Pikmin 3 Deluxe because it was like half price randomly at Target in spring. I was just like, well, geez, I'm, not, I'm never going to see it at half price anytime soon here. And I want to play it. I, I really like Pikmin. And of course, Pikmin 3 is my favorite Pikmin game. So I was like, I may as well pick it up if only because it was like... I'm never going to see this deal again, and I want to support the series, so, geez, I'll go for it. And I I, I would say I've warmed up to it a lot more now, but I, I'm wondering how much of that is just because Pikmin 3 is really good, and not necessarily the Deluxe is really good, but I've come around a little bit more on the controls, although I still have problems with it. Uh, like I said, Mario Party Superstars is fantastic. Uh, I love all the boards in the game. I wish there was a larger character selection, kind of like Super Mario Party. Uh, the the fact that there are only two Mario Party 8 minigames in Mario Party Superstars is a crime. But that's mostly because, you know, that's the era that I'm nostalgic for. And speaking of which, the fact that they're calling us superstars, and I get why they do this, I get why they did it this way, the fact that they limited it all to console content and that there was no handheld content at all when i'm just saying mario party ds is the best mario party of all time no questions like you know just no discussion on that uh is also crime uh but you know for what it is i, I really enjoy it it's mario party and with really good boards and really good mini games and i can play it online that's great i love that super mario party is kind of the same not as good at boards but I can play it online. It's got really good mini games. It's got pretty decent boards. Although I also can't play the randoms, so that's that's the point in Mario Party Superstars favorite. I should I should point out that too. I can just play with random people whenever I want, except for when I'm here, of course. But you know that's that's a whole totally much earlier segment uh, that I don't need to go back into right now. Uh, but I just you know I I I've had fun with the game. I really enjoyed what I played. I'm trying to think what other 
uh, one, oh, Big Rain Academy. I just talked about that. I love all the remakes of a bunch of the old games. I wouldn't quite call it my favorite game of the year, although, I mean, it was definitely $30 well spent. I've gotten I've gotten a good, good chunk of time out of it. But, you know, I don't think there's any question knowing the, 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 the fact that I devoted a whole podcast to it, the fact that I made a point of talking about, you know, hyping responsibly around this particular game. My 2021 game of the year, even though I haven't beaten it yet, even, even the first one, it's the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Uh, I have, I, you know, when I got it in July, I beat the first case. It was shockingly long. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't really prepared for how long Ryunosuke Naruhodo's first first trial would be because I'm, I'm so used to the first case being like two or three hours long. This ended up being like five hours. Very long case, especially for such a simple case. Uh, and then from there, it's just like, it, it was nice to see an Ace Attorney game. First off, one was written by Shutakumi again, so the writing's a little bit stronger than what we've had in the second trilogy. Not that I'm, not that I, you know, the second trilogy is still fine. I just, it's, it's definitely not the stronger of the two uh, mainline trilogies. Uh, but it was nice to see the series kind of break some conventions, things that, like, you usually expect out of Ace Attorney games, like, like having a long first case. As much as I didn't think it paid off, it's not. It's nice to see them try something a little different to be like, okay, you know, we have this all trial case. Let's try to make it a little bit longer than just a couple of hours. Second case, all investigation. Of course, you, we get introduced to the dance of deduction. I talked about that in the E3 uh, segment where I talked about the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Or you're working with uh, Sherlock Holmes. Not Sherlock Holmes, unless you're in Japan, where he is Sherlock Holmes. No, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, the the great detective of, of London, England. Uh, and we get to get to figure out a whole case investigation, a la Ace Attorney Investigations, although it obviously wasn't like that. It was just using the, the normal mainline series gameplay. Then we go into the third case, all trial. Normally, that's reserved for the fourth case, and the fourth case is usually shorter. In this case, then the fourth in this case, <laughs> that's a bad terminology, bad use of words there since I'm just saying the word case a lot. Fourth case comes around. This is where I've stopped. I need to play the fifth case. I, I said the Great East Attorney Chronicles would be the game that would get me through fall 2021. Ended up being a lot of other stuff, but I still played it quite a bit. Um, uh, the fourth case, it actually, it was, it was your first investigation, like real, like investigation, go to trial, and then, you know, beat the case, sort of, idea here. Uh, again, just breaking all these, like, normal, like, this is how we expect an Ace Attorney game to go. At the same time, though, one of the things that I have to say in uh, about it, in trying to break these conventions, is in some ways, it's kind of nice having the Great Ace Attorney Adventures and the Great Ace Attorney 2 Resolve being in the same game here. In that, I'm basically just calling the Resolve cases, cases 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. Because I feel like if these were two separate games still, and I played them on the 3DS eventually, or originally, like if they had come out in that past world, or just in the past, as they probably originally were intended to, I don't think I would have enjoyed these as much. Because my problem, my main problem that's been overarching with these cases is it feels like they're trying it kind of feels like they're playing the long game where it feels like 
Takumi more or less just should have written like a 10k sort of like giant game that tells the whole story all at once uh, because it feels like things are either happening well it's it's mostly too late I would say like it feels like you know we were introduced to investigation gameplay in the second case but you know we didn't meet our prosecutor until the third case uh, we didn't get introduced to the new gameplay and the trials, like the uh, summation examination, until the third case. We didn't get introduced to... Well, actually, no, we did have multi-witness gameplay in the first case. I, I'm wrong on that. I was about to talk about that, but I, I would have been wrong. Um, just all sorts of new things are happening, but they're just, they're just happening a little later. You know, we have, we have Herlock Sholmes in the second case. It doesn't show up in the third case at all. So our detective character effectively actually well he's like one of our detective characters he's like our friend but the actual like mainline in-game detective doesn't show up until the fourth case of the game you know he's kind of thought about in the third case a little bit not really but never seen until case four you know in the original game detective gumshoe shows up in case two already of course we meet edgeworth the prosecutor in case two the mainline like prosecutor of the game i should say uh, so we're having like these conventions broken, but in the process of doing that, some things need to be introduced later. And part of that, I think, is in service of the plot of the game. I don't want to give too much away. Obviously, if you're a fan of Ace Attorney, this is going to mean a lot more to you than uh, it is if you're just somebody who's who's like interested in what is what is this guy's game of the year here. Uh, I highly recommend you pick up the game. Uh, if, you, if you enjoy visual novels, but I, I understand if this seems like an insufficient explanation to you because you don't you don't get to have all the important context here. Um, but you know the general plot is you have Rinosuke Naruhodo, he's Phoenix Wright's ancestor, and he travels to merry old England uh, without going to spoilers as to why he's going there and how exactly he ends up there. The point is, first case, it's at home in his native Japan. Second case, he's on a ship to England. Third case, he's finally in England uh, and has to go through trials. And now, finally, at the fifth case, we actually just have, like, this is Naruhodo's legal consultancy or something. But at this point, it's like, I, I, just, I would have expected this earlier in the game. And I don't know if, you know, the way that could have been resolved uh, is necessarily by not having the second case be on the ship or if it's by like just doing something different but i just i think this is more a review i guess of the great ace attorney adventures than anything else than a description of why it's my game of the year but i, just, I don't think there's any question I, i've enjoyed the game i knew it would be my game of the year when it was like officially revealed you know, there hadn't been a new Ace Attorney game, like an actual brand new one in five years at that point. Although I did play Ace Attorney Investigations to the English fan translation earlier this year, or in September and August, uh, or August and September 2021. So I really had two brand new Ace Attorney experiences this past year. Uh, <coughs> but as far as official ones are concerned, it was clearly going to be the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles that would, would win out. Now let's talk about Backlog MVP as well. Apologies for like the very like strong sip of water there, but I just want to cough there. Uh, backlog MVP. This is this is like uh, something that I'm pushing to, ba to bake, to make like, 
a brand new category in Game of the Year discussions. What was the game that you wanted to get to in a particular year that you just didn't get to, but it's just like, you know, this this is the most valuable player on the backlog that I should play. Spoiler alert regarding my 2020 backlog list. I could have made this one the exact same one because I don't think I touched a single one of those games that I listed as like nominees for backlog MVP in 2020 in the year 2021. But I felt like that would be a little lazy to just re uh, reuse the same list. So I made a new one here of games that I missed out in 2021 that would be like great choices. Um, and honestly, actually looking at this, I, I realized I didn't actually pick one as a winner here. But they're just like a, a bunch of games that I missed out in 2021 that I really wish I had played. Like Psychonauts 2 came out, which of course means I'd have to play Psychonauts 1 first. So, and I think that's those two games are a great example of what I was talking about when it comes to like, hey, I need some hardware diversity because I can I can only play Psychonauts 1 and I think 2 on PC. And this here little laptop, as much as I love it, as much as I love this little Lenovo laptop here that's got my power cord and my... My nice microphone here hooked up to it. It is not powerful enough, I think, to play Psychonauts Water 2. Maybe one. I'm, I'm not certain on it. But, you know, if let's say I had a PS4, or ideally an Xbox Series X, which can play Psychonauts 1 and 2, I probably would have uh, played them already, and Psychonauts 2 probably would have been in 2021 release of the year running, and Psychonauts probably could have been in um, 20 or what am I saying? Personal game of the year running because I hear they're supposed to be very good 3D platformers and I love me a good 3D platformer. I've been playing Banjo-Kazooie on that N64 Switch Online. Also, spoilers, I did pick up the uh, Switch Online expansion pack, but remember what I said when I talked about that. I guess we're going into this brief, brief tangent. I would only pay, th I was like, I would like pay $30 for it. Happy coincidence, uh, a family member had just randomly picked me up a $20 eShop gift card. Just for, like, me having done a favor for them earlier in the year. Uh, you know, when I was still mostly at home. So, I was like, okay, well now I only have to spend 30 of my own dollars towards a Switch Online expansion pack subscriptions. I'm gonna try it out for a year, see how I like it, see if, it, like, it, I, I get a lot of use out of it. And I've been, you know... I've been playing some of the N64 games on there, but mostly Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I would I would probably really enjoy Psychonauts and Psychonauts 2 uh, had I been able to pick them up earlier this year. Uh, and it sounds like Psychonauts 2 really actually lived up to the hype. Well, actually, I'm trying to remember all of the reception to it. In, in what little I heard about it, I think it lived up to the hype of, you know, many years between Psychonauts and its sequel as being a fantastic follow-up. Although it sounds like there are definitely still some plot things that are just like, oh, it would have been nice if those had gotten resolved, or like instead of left hanging for a third game or something, uh, it just would have been nice. Uh, other games, Cruisin' Blast. I, um, you know, I picked, I, when was the last time I got a new racing game? Was it it might have been Team Sonic Racing in 29, or late 2019? like CTR and Team Sonic Racing. I want a new racing game in my life. Um, and I think, you know, I haven't had a, like an actual arcade racer, like something that I'd play. I could play Cruise and Blast in the arcade. In fact, I've seen machines for it. 
Uh, I would just, I'd love to pick it up. I want I want an arcade racer. I do have Horizon Chase Turbo, so I should probably just play that, if anything. Um, but I, I, I want to see something a little more, a little more modern, too. So I'm, I'm disappointed that I didn't get to pick that up this year, especially when it's like a, not quite a budget title, but like a $40 game, $30, $40, $50 game. It would just, it'd, it'd be a nice little, like, little sweet add-on to the list here. But one that I have here on the list that uh, of my backlog, MVP, actually the one that I think would be the one that I would probably nominate as like the actual winner is Kaze and the Wild Masks, which if you've never heard of it, it's supposed to be, I, I, oh, I really hope I talked about this in the episode. It's kind of like a spiritual-ish successor to the Rareware era of Donkey Kong Country. And man, oh man... That would make me very happy to play a sort of newish, like, classic Donkey Kong Country. Not that there's anything wrong with the Retro Studios Donkey Kong Countries. In fact, I, I really enjoyed Returns. Although I wish I'd played uh, Tropical Freeze a little bit more. But it'd just be fun to have, like, a sprite-based throwback to, oh, this is, this is, like, what I think of when I think of Donkey Kong Country. Um, and actually, speaking of which, I wish I'd gotten a little further in all of them and Switch Online in the SNES uh, service. I'm at Creme Croc Industries in Donkey Kong Country 1, but DKC 2 and 3, I'm, 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 I'm still stuck at the start of those. Uh, but Kaze seems like, you know, it's it's sort of like a sleeper, like, it was one that, like, the people who really like it talked about it a lot, but people who didn't pick it up didn't really talk about it, or, well, you know, it, it didn't, like, light the world on fire like some other games did. I, I just think it'd be really interesting. Now, this is probably a pretty controversial game to have as a nominee for Backlog MVP here. Uh, but I'm going to put Balan Wonderworld on the list. If only because... So I, I played the demo on the Switch, which I realize is the worst running and the worst looking version. And I cannot deny that game looks horrible on Switch. Uh, and it looks like halfway decent on the PS4 and the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and uh, Xbox One. It looks like, you know, like a lot better than the switch version um, and i hear it's supposed to be like really like super duper simplistic uh but you know um i don't mind a little super duper simplicity in my games once in a while i kind of compared it to and i'm sure some people will be insulted by this uh but i kind of compare it to like the original game boy kirby's dreamland where it's like, I just need something, you know, sometimes you just need that super easy, super simple game. And I think Battle and Wonderworld is sort of like the, the modern take on it. But I probably wouldn't pick it up for more than $20. But it's just like, let's say the game really is as bad as people describe it as being. I just, I have to see that. <laughs> you know, I had fun with what I did play. And some, you know, transformations in the game, like I think one is called the, oh, it can't be the Fox Box, because that, that. That's the name of it. Uh, a segment on a TV channel that doesn't play anymore. The, I'm saying Fox is still around, but like the Fox Box, that was the name of like the kids segment on Fox apparently in like the 2000s. Like when I was a little kid at that point, I never really watched it, but I've heard a lot about it. Uh, but one of, one of the transformations of the game just randomly turns you into, into a box at some point. 
which is great, you know, when you're jumping platforms to get turned into an unmovable box in the middle of the air where you just plummet to the ground. Uh, <laughs> so I, I have to see, like, is this really as bad as people are saying? Or is it just, like, aggressively mediocre? Or will I just, like, will I find a little a little gold nugget in there somewhere where I'll enjoy it? It's, it's, it's added to the bat. It's got to be on the backlog. I have to play it at some point. Uh... But not because necessarily because it's good, so it feels like it'd be wrong to like actually have it be the winner here. Um, and the last bit, the the last game I have on this list, but really I could have put on like a, just a whole ton of games that I missed out in 2021 here. But it's new Pokemon Snap. That is one of the few major releases that I missed out in the year. The other one probably at this point is Skyward Sword HD. Although I obviously I mean I didn't pick up Metroid Dread either, um, mostly because I. I've never really cared for Metroid. I tried out the demo, I will admit. I did try out the Metroid Dread demo when it came out. And (gasps) Emmy freaks me out. I cannot stand those Emmy zones. Uh, But new Pokemon Snap. I always wanted to play Pokemon Snap when I saw it on like the, it was on the Wii Virtual Console actually, but I never picked it up on there uh, because I never really had money to buy games on the Wii Virtual Console back in the day because I was a small child. And, uh, you know, it, it closed before I was like, oh, I, I should just pick up money and just put put a bunch of money for WiiWare and virt- Wii Virtual Console games. Instead, I bought, like, 3DS games and Wii U games instead. Uh, but Pokemon Snap was one that I was always interested in. I don't know what it is about Pokemon. I don't know if I've talked about this on here, but, when, like, when it comes to Pokemon, I could really care less. Well, I... I you know what I'm trying to say here. I don't really care much for the mainline sort of stuff. It's never really interested me. I even tried it out. I tried Pokemon Y, I think was the one that I rented. I didn't I would have rather had X because I just think X is a cooler letter. <laughs> but you know, they had Y at the rental store, so I was like, oh, you know, I, I feel like I should you know, like, you know, it it seems like it's a rite of passage. And I just you know, I couldn't get into it. I something about the idea of trying to catch seven hundred, even four hundred, even 300 creatures just like <sighs> that's too much uh but the spin-offs i think are all pretty neat so i picked up pokemon tournament uh that's why i want to pick up new pokemon snap uh what other ones are are around there actually if there haven't been like a ton oh detective pikachu i have to pick up detective pikachu on the 3ds i have this apparently there should be a sequel on switch so if that ever finally releases i'll pick that up I like the Detective Pikachu movie. I thought it was pretty darn good. Um, but, you know, I think the other reason I'd want to try it out is I haven't had a good Rike. Wow, what am I saying here? I haven't had like than L, uh, a good rail shooter in a while. Uh, you know, I finally have played the original Star Fox 64 using N64 Switch Online, but I like... Outside of that, I haven't played, like, outside of Star Fox, I should just say, I haven't really played many rail shooters, and I want to try more of them, because, like, if Star Fox is fun, I think other rail shooters, as a general rule, should be pretty fun. And I think, you know, Pokemon Snap is just, like, it's a photography rail shooter, which is just got that little extra level of whimsy in it that makes makes it that much more interesting. But that is the, you know, the... 2021 game of the year discussion overall i think the lesson here for me is uh you know i wish i had more time to play more games but dang it i have to start being an adult here and that means missing out on that sort of stuff so who knows who knows what the future will hold for the 2022 game of the year discussion next january 
Um, but some of the, like, uh, the only one that I thought was pretty darn predictable is the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. In fact, I think my 2022 game of the year, actually, well, it's going to end up being a release of the year because it's coming out next year. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty predictable if anyone's been following the independent game news here uh, and knows how much I like a, a, a certain game that is a spiritual successor to Genesis Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm, of course, talking about I'm real excited for Freedom Planet 2 coming out in spring of 2022. So I think that's probably going to be my game of the year. Spoilers! Spoilers for a discussion that's coming out in a long time from now. Uh, but that, 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 that is the end of that. I want to do, I want to end this with a good old overall 2021 wrap up. So we're going we're gonna to get a little, a little political here, but I'm going to try not to, to shred my credibility and make me an unhirable mess. I'm trying to make sure that does not happen, but I, I feel like it's good to discuss some of the major events that happened in 2021 as a whole. In fact, this is the bit where I wrote the most notes compared to the other one. So if any of this seems a, a, a little half-baked, it's because I probably needed some, some, some better notes. But, you know, 2021, what do I, how do I describe it? Some people have just said it was another 2020. I don't quite think it was like that. But, you know, the way I would describe 21 is that it was supposed to be the better year of the 2020s. And outside of some things, I think we can safely say that 2021 was not fully better, but it was like <coughs> marginally better. And as far as this sort of discussion goes, you know, I'm not, I'm not really interested in like my personal life as far as like, oh, I'm back on like campus. Like, I, you know, I would say I love being on like the college campus, but it's, it just is what it is. I'm more concerned in this case with the world over. And I feel like 2021 started off with a decent level of promise because of these these nice COVID-19 vaccines. But as with everything, I don't know. I wouldn't say like the vaccines necessarily gave us like false hope. I feel like it's a little bit too of an extreme description here to say this like they gave us false hope that things would get better. I, I don't think that's the case. Um, and it's like, I just, I can't think of, I mean, it wasn't like misplaced hope, maybe like naive hope is like a good way of, of describing it. I can't, I can't think of the best ad adjective to put before it, but I feel like it, you know, it gave, it, they gave us some hope that things would get better. They didn't necessarily get better, despite the fact that we have had these for a year, but it, it just seemed like you know, thanks to these shots, there would be like some sort of light at the end of the tunnel of, you know, the the planet Earth being like kind of similar to how it was before COVID-19 hit in early 2020. But, you know, the problems were multiple. You know, there were people who either were or still are anti-vaccine. And, you know, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if there's just not like a lot of evidence on this or a lot of research on this, but I just, I'm, I'm curious what the correlation is between the current, like the COVID-19 specific anti-vax group and the, the previous anti-vax folks, especially because I don't know, I, I'm sure, like, I'm sure there's plenty of overlap, but I just, I, there seems to be like a large contingent who is particularly like anti-vaccine just for the COVID vaccines, which is very interesting. 
perhaps strange is a good word for it. Um, but, you know, that was like one obvious damper on like, oh, man, this is going to cause things to go on a little bit longer. And then there's the problem with the patent protections on the vaccines, too, where, you know, the the developing world doesn't have access to the vaccines of the developed world, like the United States, like the United Kingdom, like Europe, for the most part, has had. And that means that now the developing world is going to start getting more variants, which means things are going to keep going and going, which is like not not just good. And of course, then that meant we had new variants that would show up, including the one that I, I assume that what I basically got was the, the Omicron, not Omicron per se. Again, I'm going to make that joke again. Not that I got the Omicron variant of the disease. I'm, I'm fairly certain. But like, you know, people got Delta. People got, I'm, I'm sure there were other letters along the way past the Alpha variant or the original, whatever, whatever that one is called, right? Um, but it was just like, that seemed like there's a lot of promise in, in things getting better, but now it's 2022 and we're still kind of in pandemic mode. It seems like we're starting to think things could get closer to endemic, which would be nice, but you know, we'll, we'll just, we'll have to see what happens in the future here. But it's, it's like COVID-19 seems to be like the, 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 the veritable newsy gift that keeps on giving. Um, and I suppose I would be remiss in not missing the, in not like talking about 2021's January 6th uh, incident. I, I'm not sure what word I specifically want to call it, because depending on who you talk to when you talk about January 6th of 2021, some are going to react to what you call it, uh, call like what happened at the U.S. Capitol over a year ago at this point either like they're going to react to it negatively basically no matter what you call it because either they think because the proper word for it whatever you want to use for it either they'll think you're downplaying the severity of it or you're overselling how bad the incident was in their eyes so i don't know i'm, I'm gonna call it the incident because i feel like incident is a fairly neutral term for it uh you know like and you can have a positive incident you can have a negative incident um but, you know, at the very least, I think it's fair to call what happened there an attack. Uh, and, you know, at, at this particular moment, I don't feel like I'm the most qualified person to comment on it as much as I, I follow these sorts of stories. Um, but it's just a supercharged subject matter. But I just I think it's undeniable that the fact that you could have armed people entering the capital in an aggressive fashion does not seem to bode well for the health of 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 the the u.s republic it just it suggests that there could be some bad things happening but you know i i don't i don't want to talk about all bad things i want to i want to talk about some things that i would generally consider good of course I've, I've mentioned that i tend to find myself leaning a little bit more left so some of these things i would I would find myself a little bit more positive on than others, but I can I can understand where people would have uh, negative reactions to some of these things, like something that I generally feel negative about, but I mean, still could have some positive stuff, are what I would call pretty ridiculous private space affairs, like, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos's famous uh, <laughs> rocket ship, you could call it. It's not uh, shaped very uh, appropriately. 
And then you have like SpaceX and, and, and like, what is it? Virgin Space? Or is it, I can't think of what it's called. The, the, there's the Virgin. The point is the, that's the company that does this. But you, you just like in 2021, it seemed, 2021 just seemed to be the year of billionaires and people with massive amounts of money deciding we are going to go into space. And I just find that very interesting that 2021 is the year that they chose to do that, that it all happened at around the same time. And I'm just, mm, ah, these are all private space affairs. I have no problem with like NASA doing stuff, like doing things for research. But I, I'm just, I'm not, I don't know what to make of, of private space travel yet. I think, I think it could end up being an interesting thing. I think it could end up being a good thing. I just, I don't know all about it yet. And especially when you have like Amazon being the ones doing it mm. or like Jeff Bezos in particular. I just, it, there, there's some cause for like some, some eyebrow raising. I feel like, uh, as far as something that I, uh, found very interesting and just followed quite a bit. Again, your, your for feelings on it aside, the great resignation as it's been called was a huge, huge uh, issue in 2021 and even now continuing into 2022 where it's just like businesses are finding it hard to hire people. And, you know, for workers, that seems to be a, a, a pretty good thing for them and that it's like trying to like sort of like be like a, a, a an overall sort of negotiation with employers and trying to get like higher wages and better working conditions. Of course, there are a ton of strikes going on last year. So, you know, if you're a business owner, obviously I can understand why that might be frustrating. If you're a worker, that tends to be a, a pretty darn good thing happening happening uh, across the United States. So it's just, it's a very interesting thing to have seen happen. Uh, it's just fascinating to see like labor politics maybe starting to come back in the United States. Uh, I tend to think that's probably a good thing, but uh, you know, we'll well we'll just have to see how how the 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 work the labor issues continue to play out here in the next like the next year next few years because you know I I don't know if we're gonna if the U.S. is actually going to have a general strike happen, but. You know, I, I just I feel like that's something that we're closer to in my lifetime now than I thought we would ever be. And it's, it's just a fascinating sort of thing to follow. Of course, one of the issues that we've talked about a lot is with inflating costs. And, you know, people have tried to make the argument that a lot of that has to come is due to the early stimulus from the, the president. I am not quite as convinced. It seems like a lot of that is coming from supply chain issues, but... You know, it's just like, man, a a box of Cheez-Its. I was I was going to buy a box of Cheez-Its tonight. And actually, that's it's funny because that kind of ties in with the last bit of the Great Resignation and all the strikes happening because I've made a point of not buying Kellogg's products for a very long while here, including Cheez-Its, because of the Kellogg strike. But now it's over. So I, I feel like I can like be somewhat justified in buying them again. But, you know. The, it's three forty nine for for a seven ounce box, so you know not even like half a pound. Which granted, I mean, who needs a pound of cheeses? But like, I just I wanted some of those extra toasty cheeses, but I could not justify to myself paying three forty nine for a box. Uh, maybe if it was like a ten ounce box, that I could I could see myself paying three forty nine for. But uh, you know, I just, I didn't I couldn't do it tonight. But 
you know, that's, that's just a, a little tiny example. Of course, the, the, the bigger examples you're talking, used cars are like just through the roof in price right now. Meat, it's hard to find meat for like a good price, especially beef. Uh, you look at, uh, oh, I mean, this is really doesn't have to do with inflation, but this is like, uh, you know, talking about how the supply chain is feeding into inflation. You have uh, the the chip shortage, making hard to make new cars, which is hence why used cars are going up so much in price because people need cars. Uh, you just have a sudden shock and like big level of demand because people are trying to get back out into society more with um, their COVID vaccines and the, the hope, of course, that COVID is closer to being over. So you know, it, it's just like there are all sorts of things happening around here that are, are, are causing this to happen that some suggest things could be good. Some suggest things could be not so good, like some some reasons for it that are like generally better reasons, things that are generally not so good reasons, things that can be fixed. And it's just, you know, the hope is that like we're, we're going to get to a point where maybe inflation goes down. Of course, today when I'm recording this, lots talk about a sudden stock market crash and potential like. Are we going to get into a recession or a depression again? I'm not, not. It's hard to be positive about the future right now. Uh, but I, I digress. Um, of course, another major event from 2021, the U.S. leaving, ending a war. You know, I've only ever known a United States not actively at war for one year of my life. So we left Afghanistan, which was huge. You know, whether you want to look at it as like a bungled leave, like the way that it was largely portrayed. Uh, of course, if you want to look at it as just like great that we left, I'm not, you know, I don't really care how you choose to look at it. I just think it's like historically significant for me as someone who, like I said, has only ever known the U.S. not at war literally when I was a baby. And who knows, maybe there were some more things going on in the year 2000 that I'm not simply not aware of. Um I, just, I think that's very, very significant to just see something change like that. Of course, now Afghanistan has its own whole set of problems that could mostly be resolved if the U.S. would just, like, give them back their own money. <laughs> um, kind of like Iran, actually, but, but I digress on that point. Um, but we, we left a war, and I, I just I happen to think that's huge. But really... The, the biggest overall issue that I found happened in the United States in 2021 is what I have called the overall failure to launch the Biden administration. You know, your feelings on Joe Biden one way or another, um, he, he was not my primary uh, election vote choice, uh, but I ended up voting for him in the general because I just feel like I feel compelled to vote in any election that I have. And of course, it's like, how could, like, you know, I, it's my first presidential election. I feel like I have to vote for president. Also, I should point out that in the great state of Wisconsin, the uh, Green Party got kind of screwed on the ballot. So even if I had wanted to, like, really make sure that I put in a vote for them, I, it would, it would have had to have been a write in, which means that you would have to write in. Uh, their name like perfectly exactly to make sure that the person gets the vote and I was not prepared to uh, risk the uh, spelling any names wrong for president vice president and vice president so but that's a, a slight digression there um, but of course we ended up getting Joe Biden as president uh, 
which just really upset the right. And it just, it seemed like, you know, it, there was just a failure to launch. The only thing that ended up really getting done in 2021, like the only thing that really got passed was the original stimulus. And then, you know, we talked about infrastructure and build back better. It seemed like for the whole rest of the year, and it's still has passed like the whole thing i mean i think if i recall the original infrastructure but not the but not like build back better the human infrastructure bill that never passed um but it's just like oh my goodness following all of this like stuff was just a mess it was just like hard to understand everything that's going on and all the internal politics and just this giant complicated bill and just like uh u.s politics it's complicated it is so so complex but you know i guess that's 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 the life as it is right now here in the good old u.s of a um but you know 2021 Again, I think the I think the best way to describe it is it was supposed to be a better year, and it was kind it kind of got that way. I wouldn't say it fully got that way, um, but you know, hopefully, like here's twenty twenty two. Hopefully, being the year that things actually do get better in some way, shape, or form. Hopefully, you know, because I the, the spoilers. This is this is my final semester of college. I know I'm only three years in, but that's, it planned out very well, I guess, uh, to be able to get done in, in, in three years. Hopefully, you know, I get out of here, I get a job, I, I move on to greener pastures. That's all I'm hoping for. I'm hoping I can do that. I'm hoping I have time to work on this show, this show that I like making so very, very much throughout the year, uh, whether it's during this semester or during the post-college career start whatever that's going to hold for me during this year uh, i just i i just hope things get better that's that's all i can say is you know whether you're right-leaning whether you're left-leaning whether you think i you know have the wrong opinions on this i just i think we can all agree that things should get better whether that's and maybe that's a subjective thing for everyone but i i am i'm confident that things will improve to one extent or another from this point on. But uh, that's all I really wanted to say today in this like nice hour and 40 minute, nice little hundred minute or so uh, creative outlet podcast. Of course, I'm as always, I am your host, Brandon Pudwill. I would recommend if you can, whether you're on the video show or if you're listening to this via your favorite podcast platform, that you do whatever sorts of engagement things you enjoy, whether that's a like, whether you want to leave a comment, I'm still looking for that first ever voice message at anchor.fm slash T-H-E-C-O-P. Uh, if you want to send that in, I'll finally get those queued up here on this here show. Uh, but uh, I, think I, I think I'm ready to close the show out today. Thank you everyone for listening in and I will hopefully see you again later this semester again. Tap just have to play it by ear with how things go. Uh but you know this is this is Brandon Pudwell signing out for the Creative Out the Podcast. Goodbye everybody.